tough. Okay. So we are continuing um, learning from the Piyasat Rebbe. We're we're in the Sefer Derech Hamelech, and if you remember, like a couple weeks back, we started with a entry in his journal where he talked about the the author writing himself into paper, like in, in a sense writing all the learnings of his soul into paper so that next generations are, are ingesting those learnings and the soul is somehow living on through the people who continue the spiritual work and lessons of that, of that soul. So we're going to learn a drasha today um, in Derech HaMelech where the Rebbe is going to present to us um, some of the deeper ideas of what it means to even learn from a sefer, what it means to learn from a spiritual teacher through their writings. And um, although he's not talking about himself, I think we can we can infer he's also sharing um, part of his own process and, and where he's coming from in, in sharing of himself with us. So, Kedarko, we're going to start with the opening. Uh, we're in Derech HaMelech Parshat Shmot. This is a drasha from Tafresh Peitet which I believe is 1929. We've been in 1929 and 1930 most of the, the weeks we're there. And Kedarko, this is something that's just kind of beautiful for me to see, this, this pattern in the way the Rebbe structures these at least in Derech HaMelech, start with a Pasuk, oftentimes with a Rashi, his own questions on Rashi, and then one of the previous Hasidish Rebbe's, and then kind of launching into his own his own talk. So, Eilish Shmot B'nei Yisrael, remember how Parshat Shmot opens, the book of Shmot, these are the names of B'nei Yisrael who descend to Egypt, Yaakov and his children, and it lists the names. So there be asks, Navina, we need to understand, In Parshat Vayigash, we already had a record of the names of the 70 souls of Israel who descended to Egypt. So why is it being repeated now? So Rashi says something beautiful. Rashi mitareitz afapishim inaam bechayim mishmotam chazar uminaan bimitatan hodiach ibatam shnim shulu kochavim bechule. Rashi says even though the Torah recorded all their names in their lifetime in Parsha Vayigash in the days of Yosef, it repeats their names now again after their death to show God's um, affection for them. Okay, God can't stop saying their names. You know? But this is hard to hard to understand. Now in Shmot, when the Torah is saying these are the names of the souls of Israel who descended to Egypt, it's also talking about when they were alive. Why? How so? Because only after listing the names, it says, Yosef died, that whole generation then died. So, I mean, you could read that different ways. But the Rebbe is saying, it's not necessarily, it could be taking us back to a previous generation, describing that same process, not necessarily after they died. Okay, one question. And the Rebbe further asks, why does the why does the Torah start these are the names and not these are the people who came? These are the ones who came to Egypt. Why do you have to introduce their names by saying I'm talking about their names? We're not going to answer these questions, but it's important for me that we follow the Rebbe's uh, structure. Okay. And so the Rebbe now Rebbe quotes from the Magid Mikoshnitz. Who is one of his ancestors? And and something that occurred to me just I think maybe we'll even touch on this, but I think it's not for nothing that the Rebbe always is quoting one of the previous Rebbe's when he gets to his own words. And even more so, more frequently, more often than not, he's actually quoting from his own ancestors. Because something we've we've touched on very slightly, but, but really appears in, in a lot of Rebbe's writing, is that our, our whole path of, of avoda, of serving God, is those great souls who came before us, 
opens up gateways that we plug into and that we then extend. And I feel like the Rebbe is actually doing that in the way that he teaches. I'm quoting the Torah. It's the source of all. I'm quoting Rashi. Our, our next great carrier of those words of, of Torah Shebikhtav. Ah, but now I'm plugging into my, my more immediate spiritual ancestry, be it my great-grandfather, be it my spiritual teacher, and I'm going to not only read his words, but, but in a sense channel that energy that he brought into the world, that, that teaching that he introduced to the world, and I'm going to take... I'm going to pick up where he left off and take it further. Like this is much the way the Rebbe describes the process of spiritual work over the generations. And, and I think it's really beautiful to see that he actually does it in his teaching. So let's see what, he's, what he quotes from the Magami Kushnitz. Magami Kushnitz quotes from the Mishnah Pirkei Avot. Da malamala mimcha. Know what is above you. Ayn ro'eh ve'ozen shamat v'chomatzecha b'sefer nikhtafim. So this Mishnah generally generally understood to be in a sense, a bit of musr. Know that above you there's an eye that sees, an ear that hears, and all of your actions are written in a book. You know, you're, you're being watched, heard, and recorded. Big brother is what? Biggest, biggest brother. <laughs> so the Magami Kushnitz has, a, has a, a, a drasha of understanding this Mishnah. He says, Kibabayit Rishon, he says, remember how the Mishnah begins? So the Mishnah means, means, know what is above you. But the Magim Kushnitz says, how do you know what's above you? Not keep in mind that someone's watching from above, but, but the Magim Kushnitz is saying, how do we contact an awareness of the, the divine realm, of spiritual reality? How do I know what's going on? How do I know what's going on beyond me? In the in Bayerishon, the first bit of Mikdash, Yadanu We knew what was going on above through the Urim Batumim, right? The the chest plate of the Kwangado with the stones, which was red. You know, they, they, there was a, a way to communicate some kind of prophetic communication through the Urim Batumim. Okay, in the second temple, we already didn't have Urimatumim anymore. Yadanu but there was a batko. There was a, a voice from heaven could still be heard. You couldn't see the lights and the words light up. There was in a sense it's it's a it's a more distilled it's distilled is the wrong word. It's a it's a, in a sense a lower level, in a less direct level of prophetic um, knowledge. He says, now that the batkol is no longer with us, we don't have the heavenly, we don't have access to the heavenly voice. You can know, you can get a glimmer of what's God thinking now? What's going on up there? What's going on beyond me? By by looking in a book. Let, let's read to the end of the paragraph, because he's going to explain it. This is what he says the Mishnah means. Know what is above. Knowing what's happening above first comes through the eye that sees. In the first temple, they can see the Urim Vitumim. There was a visual communication from God. You can see God's word. The Ozen Shomat, the ear that hears, the second temple, we couldn't see it anymore, but we could hear it. We could hear the, the communication. And now, How do I know what, what's happening with me? How do I know what, what God is doing with me, talking talk to me, speaking to me, communicating? Sometimes you can know by looking in a book. This is a book. He means mamasha book. He means mamasha book. But, but just to, to understand what he's setting up here, over time, over generations, the mode of communication between us and God, on the one hand, gets diminished. 
right? From the very direct visual or shiny stones of the Urim Batumim to the less direct but still very powerful ability to hear the Word of God. To what, what, just Bipashtu, what do we have now? How do I know anything about Bakat? I read about it. <laughs> I read about it. But but he's saying it further. He's saying that there is a there is a spiritual form of communication that is possible um, that we can contact, we can access through Sfarim. What, what through are books. we talking about though? Like Malda Malamala Like are we talking about you should know how like Kabbalah, like you should know how the universe works? Uh-huh. Like what are we talking about? Are we talking Good question. You know? Are we talking about that? Are we talking about divination? Right. Because Mamash, there's you know, to this day practices of, you know, I have a burning question and I'm going to pray about it and then open a book and whatever word I see. And there's holy sources for that. Right? And there's holy sources for that. These are, these are, these are grounded practices. Who brings that down? In, I don't know who brings it down. I know that it's sourced. Yeah. So we'll see as we read on, the, the Rebbe is going to give his own interpretation here of what, what we're talking about. Okay, you're asking the right questions. There's a sense here in which in early generations they could use their senses in their... Hmm. Their sort of raw experience of the world, mm-hmm. and now we need even go into it. There's something that we're not, even though things are right in front of us, mm-hmm. even if things were right in front of us, it's mm-hmm. almost like we wouldn't be able to see it anyway. Mm-hmm. So we have to, mm-hmm. we have to tap into that old energy, and, mm-hmm. and maybe also like get out into it. Mm-hmm. So, so here, because just at this point from the Magi Mikushnitz's words, we have seeing, hearing, and then quote unquote reading. It's a book. You have to you have to think about. It. You have to understand. Um, I think as as we go on, we'll see that we're talking about intellect, but not only intellect. Really, something beyond intellect also. Perhaps um, more what we would call intuition mm-hmm. or connection. Let's 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 let the Rebbe explain. But but yeah, you're on the right track because we're talking about an evolution of how we how do I interact with God? How do how how do, how do I hear God talking back to me? I know how I talk to God. I say words. How do I hear God talking to me? Okay. Yes. So if he says like this, there's this beautiful thing that happens in the Gemara. Um, it's a Megillah as well. You see this in 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 Gemara Megillah. You mean or the story in the, the story Megillah, of Mordechai going to ask the children, yeah. right? They're, when when there's questions that people want to know what's going on in the world, they'll ask a kid. Tell me the Pasuk you learned just now. And based on what the kid says, they'll understand, okay, this is, a, this is a sign. This is a communication. So, for example, when Nero shot his arrow and all, in every direction he shot arrows and they all landed in, in Yushalayim and he asked the kid, tell me the Pasuk. And the kid's Pasuk was, God's going to take out the wrath against Edom. Nero said, uh-oh. I should not attack Yerushalayim. And there's a story of Acher going to the Beit Midrash, and every kid Acher asked a question to. They'd give these psukim saying, you, you have no chance of doing tshuva. And, and Mordechai, right, asked the kids, what are you learning? And they basically gave a response that Mordechai knew, okay, we're, we're going we're, we're to be redeemed. So you see already in the Gemara, this thing of the divine communication coming through the, the Limud Basefer. What's being learned in the books? God is speaking there. Somehow God is speaking through that. Aval, says the Rebbe. Hapsukli psukecha upticha tasefer l'siman. When we talk about listening to what the kid learned that day, when we talk about looking in, in what the, what's written in the book or opening a mamasha, a sefer Torah, which is one of the older practices to hear, you know, to see what is, what is my message. We're not talking about ba'ofen mikre ba'alma. It's not just this random happenstance. Which, which you know, ostensibly you keep opening the book, you'll come out to a different word. You ask a different kid, it'll tell you something different. It's not just this random um, slot machine. Okay? When we talk about when we talk about hearing God speaking to us through what's written in the book, it's not just about the words that are written on the page. Rock 
כן, כשפותח את הספר, אף שרואה את הכל מכל מקום דבר זה וזה מנוצץ נגד עיניו, ומנענע את נפשו, והוא כבר מרגיש מה הדבר שנוגע אליו. So, similarly to the Kohen, when the Kohen would go and ask a question of the Urutumim, there's tons of letters there. He didn't just look at what was written there, but remember, there were certain ones that shined, certain ones that lit up for him. So he says, so too, when I'm learning, when I'm looking, not every word hits me. There are certain words that start to spark in me. Certain <laughs> words that Sometimes I'm learning and there's certain words or concepts that they start to move me. I can feel what is the inyan here that has to do with me, right? What is it, what is it when I'm learning and I feel like, oh, this is Mamash speaking to me? There's something, it's like the Urim Vitumim. There's an Urim Vitumim in a sense that's embedded within the, 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 the words of Torah that we learn. And that similar kind of experience of the, only certain things are going to light up for me. And, and that gives me a sense of, okay, something's going, we're, we're communicating here. Something's being communicated here. Sometimes you get an aliyah an aliyah Torah and you're, they're reading the parsha. You hear all the words. But there's certain words that just pull you and 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 get you stirred. And and, and you you have a sense already. Ah, oh, there's there's some kind of. Some kind of derech, a path here <coughs> that's being shown to me, that's being hinted at for me. Hen letzorach avorato, something for my my worship of God. Hen be'inyanei olam azeh, or it's kind of re- responding to a question that I'm struggling with, even about just regular earthly life matters. Lachen. Av she'ein anu yodim u'misigim et she'lat v'tshuva torin v'tumi. Even though we have no idea. Really, what this whole thing of asking questions of Urim and Tumim are, right? We've never experienced that. The Gemara says that the Kohen who went to ask questions of the Urim and Tumim needed to have Rocha Kodesh, needed to have divine spirit, needed to be somebody who can tune in to, to God's communication. Klomar. The Gemara there talks about, by the way, that's why you see certain Kohanim, they try to ask questions, they get no answers. Because they're not on the... Well, so we have the story of Elia Kohen who interpreted it incorrectly, but we also, the Gemara there talks about certain Kohanim who want to ask questions, they don't get any answers because they're not holding on on the level to be able to communicate there. Now, even though the Urim Vitumim had a spiritual power to them, it wasn't merely the Kohen's Ruch HaKodesh that was getting the answer. If it was just Ruch HaKodesh, if it was just divine knowledge or spirit, you wouldn't even need the Urim V'tumim. Mikol Makom, nonetheless, if he did not, if he was not a Baal Ruch HaKodesh, he was not somebody who was in, in, imbued with this ability his access to that spiritual realm, the Urimitumi wouldn't speak to him. Wouldn't give him Kain Yidiyazu. <coughs> so too, the Rebbe says, is the kind of knowledge or knowing that we're describing here about what you hear from your learning, what you hear from a book. <speaking in Hebrew> what it is, is in unfolding after unfolding after unfolding a Extended, extended, extended version of the Urim Vatumim. Veseter Hamadregash Rocha Kodesh. It's like the hidden level of Rocha Kodesh. Gam ken rakim shoel hu veholech belibo besafek bedavar zevezer. Virak bishaash nitzot shall he drum mut nitnotet bikirbo yodeo margish lifamim. What does it take for me to sometimes hear? An answer from a book. Sometimes hear the book speaking to me. It's only going to be the case if I'm walking with this question. I'm I'm struggling with it in my heart for a while, and at a moment of what the Rebbe says, "Nitzot shel hit There's a spark of elevation. Something 
that arises from within me. Only then, Yodeo Margish Lif Amim, only in that kind of state am I going to sometimes be able to hear something. This matter, this word, this idea, it touches all the way to my heart. It's as if all of a sudden there's a flash of lightning. My eyes are illuminated. Meaning I've been walking around trying to understand something. I've been struggling with something. I've been wondering about something. And there's a time when when I'm I'm in a state that I'm um, permeable. <laughs> I'm 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 somehow open to be able to. But I'm I'm in an elevated, kind of heightened state. Then I can actually hear the communication because because the Rebbe is saying it's not just in the words. This is this is really what we're getting. We're not, it's not just about the words. Everybody sees those words on the page. You may have seen those words on the page a hundred times before as well. But when something is going to enter your heart and strike you, it's because you've readied yourself to get to that point. But if my heart is stuffed up, and I'm in a very constricted state of mind, the whole thing is going to be closed to me as well. There's no voice. There's no response. And now the Rebbe says, I think really this is the the sum total of it. I can't really explain these things more with words. Every person can really only know this within their own experience. Right? Everybody in their own ways who's ever felt a book talking to them, who's ever felt the Torah saying something to them, knows a little bit what we're describing here. Which is, by the way, one of the Rebbe's just beautiful um, ways of teaching is is constantly um, empowering the Talmudim with a sense of all these high spiritual things I'm talking about. You have this too. Don't 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 think this is just me talking in my elevated realm. This is a shared experience that, that the Rebbe is telling us we share with him as well, and we share with the great Tzadikim as well, all of us in our own ways. And the Rebbe's turning to us and saying, you, you're your own authority on this. You know it. I said the words that I can. You fill in the rest. So that's the Rebbe placing for us, just, just setting up for us this, this thing of how is it that we can, we can interact with the word of, of Hashem through, through our learning. It's not just through a written Torah scroll or even the Chumash, right? You say the, the word of God, where's the word of God? The word of God is in, those are the words God said. That's where you can hear this kind of divine communication. It's not that, that matter. It's not only limited to words of, of Torah, of written Torah. Rather, any book that an Ish Israel writes, if that author is worthy to be a Bal Mechaber Sefer Lavodat Hashem, somebody who can truly write a book of service of God, you can also through other people's writings, to come to see and to know what God has to say to you. Right? It's a phenomenal thing, Rabbi's saying. We can hear God speak to us through other people's words too, not just through the words of Chumash. A person could ostensibly think a mistaken thought. And say, a book? A book's not its own etzem. There's no essence to a book. There's no reality to a book. It's a collection of different writings that somebody wrote down, all put into one volume. Kamohahar. It's like a mountain, which is all it is, is is just a collection of millions and billions and trillions of grains of sand, right? The book has no essence to it. 
Somebody put together all those different words. It's a collection, collection. A book is not just a collection of disparate words and writings. It's an etzim la'atzma. A book has an essence unto itself. What the Rebbe is about to do is uh, he's quoting a pasuk and a concept that comes up a number of times in his in his drashot, which is describing the way that our prophets and by extension our spiritual teachers bring God's word down to earth for for us to hear. Okay, pasuk says it's a wild pasuk. Pasuk says. Hashem isn't going to do anything without first revealing that secret, El Avadav Hanavi'im, to God's servants, the prophets. And how did the, 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 the holy books explain what this means? Tehillim says, God, your word is forever up in heaven. It stands in heaven, which means that the words of Hashem, so to speak, the communication that God has for our world, they exist beyond this world. They don't just come, you know, high-speed internet, whatever. We don't just hear those words as they are. They live beyond us. They exist beyond us. And it's impossible even. It's impossible for something that, that... that truly belongs in a realm beyond us to descend all the way into what's called an olam akurim gusham kokach, such a materialized coarse reality that we live in. Virakanavi. So how do we hear? How do we hear what God has to say to us? Rakanavi shu gamken molam kadesh. It's for that reason that there's a prophet. It's the prophet who is who is of this world, who is a human being. Remember, we saw a few weeks ago the the whole purpose of mitzvot um, is for there to be a unity of body and soul within a human being hewn from the earth, right? So a navi who's mamish from this material coarse reality that all of us are from, flesh and blood, just like the rest of us. Shugam ken vinit kadesh, who becomes a holy person. The Navi themselves themselves become, this is beautiful language, a chamber in which heaven and earth kiss. The Navi becomes a chamber in which heaven and earth kiss. The Navi themselves become the connecting point between heaven and earth, right? Because they are a human being who has infused their life with a divine way of living, with a connection with God. And therefore, it's through the, the Prophet, through the Navi. It's through them that the Dvar Hashem, that we can, we can hear. God's word enter all the way into into earth. That's what the Pasuk means, according to the Sfarim, that God doesn't do into this world without revealing the secret through the prophets. Because that is how God's word enters the earth. This is how God's word enters Mamash into our world. We have this idea that a prophet is somebody who tells the future. Right? To prophesize. So but the Rebbe says, no. The, the thing that the that the Navi would reveal from heaven to earth wasn't just about what's going to be in the future. The primary job of a prophet was to teach and guide the path to God. 
to other people. Teach and guide people in the path to God. To teach them how to come close to God and, and sanctify themselves. If you read the Divrei, you read the Sifrei Nevi'im, most of what they're doing is telling people, you know, stop stealing, turn to God, circumcise your hearts, do tshuva, stop being corrupt, don't worship idols. Dafka, when you read the, the Nevi'im, their prophecies about the future are mostly in the context of teaching people how to come close to God. Because mostly it's saying, if you don't do the tikkunim and, and the tshuva that needs to be, needs to be happening in our, in, our, in our day, I see what's going to happen. Right? The, the, it, it's secondary. The whole thing of, of future prophecy is secondary to the, the Navi was the guide for how do we need to turn to God right now? How do we need to serve God? How can we come close to God? The Gamazot, you know, even in this matter of how do I come close to God, I need a prophet to help me. <laughs> I don't just need a prophet to tell me what's going to happen in the future. We need, we need the prophet also to teach us how to come close to God. Let's see what, what he means by that, okay? Every Ratzon Tov, good desire, holy desire, Every thought of holiness that arises in me, any bit of, of comprehension, thank you, of, of understanding and insight I have in, in Torah, in serving God, everything that arises within us of these matters is a kind of revelation from, from on high. Within us. It's a revelation from on high within me. Kitkalut mila'elahi. Within you, there is something from above being revealed. But what? Remember what he just said before? Those, those words of God that are so lofty that they mamash exist in realms beyond us, it's really hard for them to get all the way in. And the Navi, who the Rebbe said is, is the, not only the person, but who becomes a place where heaven and earth kiss, right? Where heaven and earth meet, is the person who allows for that drawing down of that really kind of high and lofty thing that's being revealed to, to be translated into, into an earthly understanding or an earthly experience. Let's see what he okay, let, let's read on because he's gonna he's gonna flesh it out more. This isn't to say that you can only desire holy things and think those holy things went because a because a navi or a tzaddik is telling you. Right? However, each person needs a mechaber. Shechaber et hashamayim ve'et haaretz. Olam ha'elyon im ha'olam hazeh. Every person needs somebody who's a, what's a mechaber? Connect. A connector. Connect. But, but what else is a mechaber? An author. Remember what we saw before? Yeah, it's in the, it's somebody in the who is ra'ui to be an author of a sefer, of a book that's guiding people in, in the service of God. So now the Rebbe's bringing it full circle. It's not... And authoring a sefer of of these kinds of teachings, the real person who can teach this is themselves a connecting point between heaven and earth. They're, they're serving the same function as a prophet. The function of the prophet being, how do I bring that desire, that longing, even that, that understanding or glimpse of something that's so far beyond me? How do I actually translate that into my life, into this earthly mamash way that I live and experience the world. Everybody needs a mechaber. Everyone needs somebody who's the, a, a connector, going to help them join together those, those higher revelations within them that the Rebbe is describing, with their ability to, to live them. What he's describing here is the role of a tzaddik 
the role of a mechaber, the role of somebody who is filling the role of the prophet in our day and age, is, is, is somebody who's helping me bring all of those, those aspirations and, and kind of things that I know deep inside of myself, but struggle to really know how to live in my life in a full way. I can't connect my heaven and my earth. Yeah? Can that person be the one who helps me join those together? Because that person lives in a in a in a they've they've refined themselves, they've they've developed themselves to a point where where they are joining heaven and earth in their life. And when I can connect to them, either by talking to them or by even just learning their words that communicate, that come from that place. It can help me do that as well in my life. I think in the last sentence, he very subtly called out a big misunderstanding or critique, which is, don't think that you're only allowed to think and want what a tzaddik or prophet tells you to. Don't go to a tzaddik to say, how am I supposed to, you know, think about things? How am I supposed to... They're saying, no, 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 you have... What he said before, every desire I have for God, every holy thought I have, every understanding or glimpse of, of holiness that I experience is a revelation from above that is happening within me. What I need help with is how to translate that and bring that all the way into me, how to bring that into my earth, how to bring my heaven to my earth. And they're saying, don't think that your heaven is in his heaven. You have access to something the tzaddik has, is, is the one who can help you translate those, those deeper awarenesses and desires within you to come close to God into a way that can, can really be manifest in your life. They're not there to download it for you. They're there to help you connect those heavenly parts of yourself with those earthly parts of yourself. ואז he says האורות והקדושה יורדים לכל איש ישראל לכל אחד כפי מצבו כפי שהכין את עצמו and then those those lights all of that holiness it can descend into every single person לכל אחד כפי מצבו each one of us according to our own situation in our own way כפי שהכין את עצמו and to the degree to which I have readied myself for that. You know the stories? That the Magid would, would open to teach and he would just quote a Pasuk, and would stand up screaming, and he would just be gripped with screaming and shaking and they'd have to drag him out of the base Midrash. They say, Zusha, we can't learn with you here. Viamar, <laughs> what did Reb Zusha say? He said, just, just by, by hearing him even just say the words, he, I, he's opening all the gates of light and Torah for me. Now, why is he bringing Reb Zusha? He's saying, Reb Zusha was really ready. <laughs> he was making at that small. We have to tell the end of that story. Yeah. The end of that story that all the other Hasidim the Magid said, really, uh-huh. we can't allow it. He's right. distracting Ashir. Right. And uh, and they say, you know, it's like he doesn't understand anything. Uh-huh. And the Magid says, no, he's the only one who understands. No, Zusha's the only one who hears what, what, what the words are. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. There's a... There's something he's doing here to, in a sense, transform our idea of the relationship between people like us and, and what we call and holy people. Not just what, but the actual, you know, a tzaddik or a machaber or, or a true spiritual teacher, which is the conventional and just sort of way that people habitually fall into it is like, I'm a real low life. I'm really low on the spiritual ladder. This person's really high up there. Let me go hear what they have to tell me. And Pizas is saying, okay, you and we and those people, we exist on different rungs of the spiritual ladder, so to speak. We've developed different abilities. But what I can receive from them 
is not something that belongs to them. What I am going to receive from them is closing the gaps, so to speak, within myself. There's part of me that is that has an ear attuned to heaven. There's part of me that has a sense of, you know, I, I know something of God in the way that I know something of God. But what I don't have is the ability to really live that fully in my life. For that to be an integrated knowledge in my, in my bones, in my consciousness, in my way of living and experiencing. A tzaddik is somebody who is embodying that in a fuller way. And so what I can receive from them is a little bit more of that way of embodying it within myself. But only if I'm coming to it with myself. If I'm coming just to hear what they have to say, I'm just going to hear what they have to say. Reb Zusha brought all of his shuka, all of his excitement and desire and longing. He's like standing at the door to hear. And when, when the Magidob is well, so he could really hear all of it. He didn't he didn't have to hear Omagila. He was he was fine-tuned enough that he could just hear that one that one word, those three words, and 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 it it opened the whole thing for him. Even though prophecy and batkol, these voices from heaven, we don't have them in our Day and age. What's the only thing that's actually missing on the prophetic level is this knowledge of the future, of what's going, future events in this world. Aval, however, but the prophecy of guidance, and and uncovering, translating, integrating, bringing down those. Those holy learnings and messages from above, that has not stopped. Meaning, remember the prophet filled two roles. One role was to tell people future events that's going to happen. But the primary role was to guide people in how to come close to God. So that part of, of the prof- prophetic tradition, the, pro- the prophet's role, that continues to this day. We still have the people who can help guide us of how to come close to God. And it's not just guiding me how to come close to God. It is help me uncover, really hear, integrate, receive those messages that are hovering somehow still a little beyond my reach. They're coming to me, but I need help bringing them in. I need help really fleshing them out in my life. I want to just read you just one sentence. This this idea, by the way, of, of prophecy in the form that prophecy continues in, in our day and age is, is throughout the Pesachim's writings. Uh, I'd say one of the central themes um, of, of all of his teaching. I just want to quote you one thing he brings in, uh, in Sefer Mavosharim in the first chapter where he's talking on and on about different aspects of, of, of Nevoah and what it means over time. And he quotes from Rav Chaim Vital in the Sefer Shari Kedusha, who says, "Sheavodat hanevuah nimshechet gamata af shepaska hanevuah." The form of avoda, the work, the 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 avodat Hashem, yeah, the practice, so to speak of prophecy continues to our day and age, even though Pascha Anavua, even though prophetic knowledge has stopped. But the avoda that the prophets taught us, we continue that in our day. Avoda, and here I think this is his words, avoda lahasir tagvul ben hakodesh v'hachol be'ezem atzav What is that avoda? It's the avoda, it's the work of removing the barrier that distinguishes mundane from holy. Removing it, meaning making everything, bringing everything into holiness. To whatever degree that each one of us is able to. Whether it's closer to the degree that those that the prophets of previous generations reached, whether it's much lower than where they reached. 
mikol makom avorato tehe. Whatever the case may be, that work is still our work. Shalola hatzil. So now he has a very particular way of saying it, and I'll, I'll read it because it's going to a little bit forecast. Hopefully, what we'll get to here. Shalola hatzil et nefesh levada vetaguf lazniach. It means a way of serving God which is not solely focused on saving the soul and neglecting the body. But also to sanctify the body and bring it, make it a soul. These are his words to read them as they're written. To transform body into a soul as well. And the light of holiness that is embedded within our physical reality, within our physical being in our body itself, to not be hidden from the body either. This is the work of the Nevi'im. This is the what the Nevi'im devoted themselves to. This was the attachment to God that they were involved in. That the entire being was attached and not to be this separate and complete distinct kind of being. A body, a physical me that just lives here in this world and a, and a quote-unquote spiritual me that pertains to some other reality. The avoda of nevuah, the avoda of nevuah that, that carries on to this day, the Rebbe says, is to, to make those earthly and heavenly, those physical and spiritual, those godly and earthly parts of myself, one thing to the best of my abilities. That's what he's describing here too, right? Because what he's describing here is, okay, okay, I know I want to come close to God. I have no idea how to actually do that though. I've been at it for so many years. I don't even, the same thing I've been wanting over and over and over again, I keep failing at. What can the prophet of my day do for me? What can something in a safer that really touches my heart communicate to me? What can a real teacher give me is a little bit of guidance of, of how to take take a step in bringing those things closer to reality. Right? It's a very down-to-earth way of, of understanding something very profound and spiritual. And this is this is this is part of what the Rebbe is always trying to, to do for us. Translating. Like he's doing the us. Translating these what feel like unreachable, irrelevant to us ideas into something that that really does touch our, our needs and concerns and, and and experience. Let's go to the, the next paragraph Nimsa. You have that? Nimsa. Nimsa Shakura Uta Duliba. We see then that all the Ratson Halev, all the heart's desires, Hasaga Varayon Shaktusha, all the ideas all the insights and understandings of holiness, Yisrael, that enter into the heart and mind of a Yisrael, right, of somebody who's partaking of that soul of Yisrael. What are those things? The Rebbe says, I'll tell you what those things are. <laughs> every desire we have for God, every insight we have of holiness, every understanding we have, it's a glimmer of a kind of prophecy and revelation from above. Which a person of this world, an earthly person who sanctifies themselves, who becomes a joining, a meeting place of heaven and earth, can help us and enable us to fully uncover and and receive. And therefore, a, a tzaddik needs to be a pipeline, a channel, through which this holiness from above is uncovered and revealed. So what, is, what, is, what does that tzaddik need? They need to reveal a shiur koma, which means a a full stature of that. Head to toe. He's going to spell this out more, but Shur Koma, just to understand, the, the, the word means like the full stature. 
top to bottom. Shekdusha me'atzmo. They need to uncover a full stature of holiness from within themselves. Lo guf evarim v'gidim gufanim b'levadi yiebo. The tzaddik needs to not only be somebody who has a physical body of limbs and sinews, they need to have also a body full of limbs and sinews of holiness. Beyond the need to sanctify their body and their limbs, which, you know, just in a classic context would mean to conduct themselves in ways of holiness, to not act in in ways that are unholy. They need to also uncover something from within themselves, which he's calling a full stature, a full body of limbs and sinews that in their material and essence are holy. Let's see what he means. Okay, he's going to explain that. Tzadik needs to be somebody who is a person of above and a person of below together. Ish shemin Somebody who is not detached or disconnected from that holiness above, rather, holiness from above can penetrate into him. And also somebody who, from whom other people who are just... You know, regular old folks like us, we can receive that light from him. That sure, you see, he's going to be coming back now, full circle, to this idea of, of a book. Okay. That sure, comma ruchanit shelos shetzarich legalot migale evarim evarim. So, what? How does a? How do? How is it that a tzaddik reveals, uncovers, shares this full body of holiness, this full stature of bodiness? It's one limb at a time. Od rayon shaktusha, another idea of holiness. Od derech la'avodah, another pathway of serving God. Od var Torah, od ratzon, another word of Torah, another um, arousal of desire for God. V'chol lechad mehem everhu. Every single one of these things is another limb of that body he's describing, that fullness that he's describing. And the amalgamation of all of that, yeah, bringing all of that together is what reveals, what constitutes that shiur koma, that full status, that full body of holiness in the shape, the particular shape of that, that person's um, spirit. And it is through that that God is revealing this prophetic communication, this holiness from that exists above in a clothing of this body of this world. He's going to give us now just some more Familiar words to understand what he's talking about. Therefore, So therefore, this person, this kind of person, needs to, at the very least, write down the 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 bare sum, the bare minimum, like the ground floor of their ideas and their learnings for other people. Because the learnings, the revelations of that person's learning in their body, in this, in their service of God, it's not just for themselves. They're not only here to receive holiness for themselves, but rather for the rest of Am Yisrael to receive from them. Because again, what the Rebbe is describing here is that this person's own, um, what they are revealing from within themselves in their lives is the nevuah of this generation. It is that prophetic message to this generation. 
This is how God speaks to us in our day and age. By the, through the peoples, through the people who are engaged in this full kind of search and attachment and, and process of coming closer to God and development from within their body, this one limb at a time, one insight at a time, one learning at a time, the people who are really holding in that, they are the Nevi'im, they're also, they they are the Nevu'ah. Right? What they're learning is the Nevu'ah for our day. What they're learning from their relationship, from their avodah with HaKadosh Baruch is the Nevu'ah for the generation. So they need to at least be writing it down. Fine, we talked about this. It needs to be shown to another. We don't have time, I think, to go on too much, but but I'll just kind of speak out what the Rebbe goes on to say here, which is that this is what the Sefer is. This is the Sefer that this person, that a Mechaber, you know, a joiner of heaven and earth in their own lives, what they're writing is in Etzim La'atzmo, the, the, the Chibor, right? The Sefer that they write for us, that they share with us. There, there's a reason this is what he's saying. The Magi Mikush is saying, why is it, how is it possible that I can read words that someone else wrote and I can hear God speak to me? I can get my answer from the Urim Vatuim, so to speak. Yeah? The version of Nevuah of our, in our day and age, it's because that person has, has become the bridge. And so the learnings of their body, the learnings of their soul, the learnings of their avoda that they're sharing with the rest of us are, are bringing us into contact with that same kind of learning. I now can touch something that connects those elements within myself. I now can find a new insight into my own avoda, into my own questions of, that I'm struggling with in this world. The, the word that's coming to me is a portal. Yeah, the the, the person become, in a sense becomes a portal for me to find my point of connection, draw my own point of connection from. So I can read their words. Their words are the learnings of their embodied life that can speak to my embodied life. And from them, I am not getting their soul as much as I'm getting and being able to hear more what my soul is learning. You hear the distinction between a tzaddik who comes and tells me what it's like up there versus a tzaddik who can somehow communicate to me and model for me a way of engaging with this path of service of God that 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 helps me make sense of my my own avoda. It's it's a it's a it's a hard thing to really speak out for me at least to, to really make that. I'll, I'll give you an example though, just something like a way that I can understand this is the people who have been my real teachers in life. I remember some of the words they've spoken to me, but the core of what I received from them and even continue to receive from them even if I'm not learning from them anymore is something that was inarticulated. It wasn't confined to the specific words or concepts that they said to me. It was in that that kind of felt transmission of this person is is holding in a place that is somehow being shared that I can I can be a rece- receptacle for and 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 learn what that looks like. In my own life, does this make sense? Yeah, just the way that they live. You're the saying, way that it, it is—it's in the way. It is how the they place. How they're—they're they're embodying what they're—what they're, yeah. they're living. How a is dwelling within them. But, but also the way they make you feel. Mm-hmm. The theme they live within you. And again, when once we use those words, we already fall into the the, the danger, the the need to distinguish. Am I? Am I, you know, is somebody, what's the word, inspiring me or there's this really, this word charisma, you know, am I just being moved by somebody yeah. else and it, it's really their kind of intoxicating, or, or wait a minute, 
can I recognize that something of my own is being aroused here? And that is the, the biggest avoda. The biggest avoda here is to recognize that what's being stirred in me is really mine, and that's the place that I have to, to then work and, and do my avoda with.